Running your own business can be lonely, finding reliable professionals difficult, and generating new business challenging, but not when you have a business network. NewGen Networking provides its members with new and exciting business opportunities, with the chance to build lasting relationships with vetted businesses who can act as your sales team and solve the issue of who to turn to in your hour of need. With a range of flexible and affordable solutions, NewGen apply tried and tested principles in a modern way to suit today's world. To find the right option for your business, visit newgen-networking.com or call 033-600-680. NewGen Networking. New business, new contacts, a new generation of networking. You're listening to the New Gen Podcast exclusively on the Pod Station. Here is an interview with one of our members from the Einstein Hub. Welcome everyone to the first feature episode of the New Gen podcast. My name is Matt Pollard and my business is Funky Vibes Marketing. Uh, joining me is my fellow co-host uh, Dave Forrest from Myriad Mortgages. How are we doing Dave? I'm very well Mark, are you? I'm very good, thank you yeah. very much. It's good to be back. It is, it feels like it's been a while since we've done That's... this. We've done it in a different guise before but this is the first time in this format. It certainly is. And, uh, you know, we're still doing it socially distanced, aren't we? We're still on Zoom. Yeah, we're still on Tinterweb. Yeah, but hopefully not too long and we'll be in a studio somewhere. Amen to that. Amen to that. Now, if you've read the title, you will already know our special guest for today. And if you haven't read the title, uh, then it must be very exciting for you. We have ourselves uh, the feature business for this week. And I'll introduce him and then just explain a bit more about what it is that we try to do to achieve both in terms of new gen as a whole and these shows in particular and then you'll get a bit of a better idea of where we're going with this particular episode in particular so um we have gary evans from blue house accounting how are we doing gary great mark nice to see you as well dave Good to see you, Gary. Yeah. Gary's looking very excited, everyone, because he's uh, he recently invested in a, a brand new microphone and it's all slick and black and very chic yeah. and sexy. And I'm very jealous, so I'm off. Uh, well, I'll be yeah, on I hope I, sound, hope I sound good because uh, the bank account got, took a hit for this one. <laughs> <laughs> Dave's got microphone envy. I have Amazon later. I'll be on there. So uh, just to explain a bit about NewGen. So NewGen is a networking group, uh, brings together lots of individual businesses. And the theory behind the madness is that uh, you work collectively together to hopefully generate and pass work between one another. Uh, so, for example, I might turn up to the meeting and, and ask for an introduction to a particular type of business. If there's 20 or 30 other people in that room, 
then the chances of those people potentially either coming across or knowing someone who I've asked for over the course of their day-to-day business dealings means that there's a better chance that they might be able to pass me some work off the back of it. And I obviously do likewise with those other members. So that's the theory behind the madness. We have uh, we have an online group, which Gary and Dave are both members of, uh, which is called the Einstein Hub, and that meets over Zoom. Um, on a Tuesday evening from 7 o'clock and that's every week and there's also a Friday morning meeting which meets face to face although at the moment we're doing it over Zoom because of this bloody pandemic Um, but it'll be meeting face to face at Vauxhall Motors uh, Sports Club uh, is that in Ellesmere Port, Dave? It's kind of Port, yeah it is we'll we'll go with Ellesmere Port so we don't upset anyone Yeah, yeah Um, Ellesmere Port, yeah uh, and that starts at 10 o'clock and finishes at half 12 although the online version starts at 10 and finishes at half 11 um if you want to check those out if you want to see who the members are learn a bit more about them if you visit the website it's newgen-networking.com if you go and check that out you can find all the information there's also an online booking system so if you just want to book yourself a place then you can do that if you type in the code newgenpodcast then it will actually give you a free ticket to attend that event uh, by virtue of the fact that you've listened to this podcast. And so we want to reward you for listening to my shenanigans and Dave's. Uh, We won't say Gary because, of course, Gary's going to be full of the fountain of knowledge for the next half an hour or so. Um, So, yeah. And and what, what we also hope to do is, with these episodes... We will interview our members who will give us a bit of a background and flesh out more about what they do, who they are, where they came from, and provide some tips that might be useful to you as a business. So hopefully you might either be able to avoid some pitfalls or you might spot an opportunity to do business with that member um, or perhaps even use their services. So that's that's the theory behind it all. Um, if you want to check us out on social media or on all of the platforms, so Facebook, Instagram, Twitter and LinkedIn. Uh, You can also catch this show on all of the major podcast platforms, so Apple, Google, Spotify. We even do it on YouTube, although we haven't yet stretched so far as to do the the video visual. I'd have to clean my teeth, brush my hair and trim (laughs) my beard for that. And I'm I'm not there yet. I'm still in lockdown mode. Yeah, I'm still in in stretchy pants, Dave. Um, (laughs) So we'll leave that for now, but you can still check it out. If you want to direct messages on those platforms, forms um then you can do so it's uh, at network new gen uh, if you want to try and find us there if you stick that in the search term then we should pop up and you can give us a follow so i think that's all the donkey work done dave uh, would you bit. would you like to do the introduction of our guest let's give him a nice big build up and then he can tell us the wonders of the world and solve all of our needs yeah i will uh, hello gary good to see you Hello, Dave. Yeah. I'm slightly nervous after Mark's um, introduction there, saying I'm going to solve solve the problems of the world. (laughs) He's so professional, isn't he? He's so good at it. So, uh, yeah, so it's just a chance to get to know you um, and, you know, get your business out there and um, put a bit of a spotlight on you for half an hour. Um, So tell us about you and your business and how you got started. So my business, I'm a chartered accountant and I've uh, set up my own practice this year, actually. Um, So a bit of background about myself, worked with as a chartered accountant for about six years now. Uh, before that, did a bit of work in the family business as a electrician, which seems to follow me around slightly because um, I still do bits of that on the side as well. 
Um, been working for some large firms, mainly in Australia, which is probably another story in itself uh, to, to talk through. And worked for a national firm over there for about four years called William Book. Um, and I like to call that my professional training ground because uh, it was the first real sort of accounting job that I had. And uh, if I'm honest, probably one of the best, to be honest. So, well, uh, it can be, it can't, <laughs> it, it's a nice place to do some training where you can go for a barbecue in the evening. Yeah, yeah, that's it. So uh, it was a lovely time over there, to be honest. Uh, then I spent a bit of time at uh, BDL, which are one of the big global players in the mid-tier market. Um, I did a, about a year in Adelaide and then a year in uh, Manchester and Liverpool as well before opening up my practice this year. Right, okay. So you've started up this year. What, what sort of prompted you to come back then from Australia? What Was there something that prompted you to come back and start your business here? or The spiders. Um, oh, I- the smaller yeah. over here, aren't they? <laughs> I'm not quite scared of crocodile spiders or kangaroos, but um, now the oh, the family is the short answer to that question. Okay. Um, my immediate family, mum, dad, brother, sister, uh, and myself went over in 2010, and then we came back in dribs and drabs. Uh, mum, brother, sister in 2014, dad in 2017, and eventually me towards the end of 2019. Um, but yeah, I think it was more of a life decision to, to come back. I grew up with a small village in Rainford, just outside of St. Helens. Um, grew up with cousins, went to the same school. They've all started to have children. And um, I would also like to sort of see them grow up and have my kids, um, which I don't have yet, but plan to, uh, grow up with their kids. Um, uh, so it was more of a, a personal decision sure. rather than yeah. a business decision to to, to move back um, yeah. but the plan to have a business has always been in the background whether that would would have been in Australia if, if plans would have uh, worked out differently or yeah. here in the UK now that I'm back here so so it was just the time was right to, to get yeah, the, yeah the time yeah, was right time, um, yeah. I, you know I like to say I did my my professional apprenticeship over in Oz you know went yeah. to university uh, worked over there uh, did my chartered accountant studies as well um all that had sort of come to an end um i've been working for a while and there was, there was just something missing in uh personal side of life that i thought that i need to fill this gap if i want to be yeah. a bit happier longer term um and that's what prompted me to move back to the uk so right um, and is there any any i mean obviously you did your qualifications in australia is there any difference when you come back then does that change at all or do you got to do any extra qualifications or? yeah well the fantastic thing about uh being a chartered accountant it, it is a bit of a global passport in the fact that it's recognized um you know across the globe okay. um in particular though there are you know the international standards which we learn in, in australia uh there's also the tax laws are different between Australia and the UK, obviously. So that's a bit of study that I've been doing over here to to bring my knowledge of the UK tax law up to date. Um, but, you know, the, the CA badge is global, which is fantastic. Yeah. And it's up to you to continue your sort of uh, professional development and your CPD hours and training to, to make sure that you, you know, can apply your, the new knowledge that you learn. Yeah, you just keep on top of things. Yeah. What, what made you want to be an accountant, Gary? Did you just wake up one morning when 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 all your mates wanted to be professional footballers? Uh, but did you I, did I you tried, wake I, up and I go no? Well, I, I'm more an accountant. Yeah. Well, I, I, you know, football didn't work um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, for none of us. For none of us, no, Gary. Don't you're not on your own there. Don't, don't worry. We're all failed footballers at heart. Yeah. 
yeah, I think we're all uh, we all pretended that we were probably better than we actually was. But um, anyway, footballing still happens at five aside level. Um, used to be eleven aside, but don't quite have the time for that at the moment. But um, funnily enough, the I actually wanted to be an accountant quite early days. Um, my dad had a business which was quite a large business when I was growing up, and I actually vividly remember a memory uh, in his car and him asking me what I wanted to do. And the answer was, I'd like to be an accountant. Um, now, mainly was that <laughs> the reason behind that was, um, you know, they're the ones who have control of the money, know what's going on, know the inside thing. Um, and his response was, please don't be a bleeping bean counter. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that's, you know, that was then pushed aside. I w- we went to Australia um, and I went through a period of, um, not, not really knowing what to do. So with that on an electrical company, I decided to go to um, university and study electrical engineering. Now, that um, was not the right choice for me. I ended up dropping out of that not once but twice on my uh, <laughs> pathway to working out <laughs> what I wanted to do. And in the meantime, I ended up working on site for dad's electrical firm, uh, being sort of a trades assistant and passing electrician the tools and cabling and things like that so yeah after working with um the electricians for a while and uh the company uh the family business sort of getting a bit busier i ended up um moving into the office to do a bit of bookkeeping and paperwork and um the accountant at the time who um actually turned out to be quite a good friend of mine um her name was kelly used to come in once a week and teach me how to use the software um and then eventually, as I got a little bit better at that, it went to she'd come in every two weeks, and then every month, and then every quarter. <laughs> so you mean the week. you mean the friend you put out of work? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but no, I used to watch, you know, used to watch what she did when she came in, and also uh, just look at the sort of lifestyle that she had, and go into you know different businesses and talk to them about how they were doing, you know, what they could do better, and uh, it was quite interesting how much she could pick up just from looking at the numbers. Um, and then being able to have a conversation about the business. So I sort of envied that lifestyle to a point and thought, oh God, how good would it be to go into these different, you know, family owned businesses and have a chat with them and see how they're going and, you know, help them along their journey on the way to wherever they're going. So that was, that was the, um, the sort of transition into accountancy. And, uh, this is how naive I was at the time. I actually Googled, can you do accountancy at university? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know if I should actually tell that story too many times, but that's what I did. And then I ended yep. up going to um, Adelaide University and then from there just, you know, got into, as I said before, um, got my first accountancy job and then just went from there and went all the way through to become a chartered accountant. Because it's not, it's not a short process, is it, becoming a chartered accountant? It's much the same as becoming a lawyer you, you have your sort of university degree but then there's sort of subsequent qualifications you need to get in addition yeah yeah absolutely so i mean in australia it was um got a university um did an accounting and a corporate finance degree um and then from that there's then three years professional studies on top of work which is not the easiest to do um and i think there was five sort of three hour exams on on top of that as well um to mix in but I think in the UK, it's actually slightly different. You can do, um, you can go to college, do your AATs. And then once you finish the college, you can actually go and study um, to be a chartered accountant. Similar time because you've got the time at college and then the time at uh, professional studies. Um, but 
you can also do the pathway through university. I think it's yeah. just a way to, you know, the two different options. Some people like to go to university. Some people prefer just to go straight into college. Um, I'm probably slightly biased and say you should probably go to university because there's there's other benefits to that than just having a degree. <laughs> well, it's a bit like ripping a Band-Aid off. I wasn't a particularly enthusiastic academic person, but the yeah. idea of doing it part-time and doubling the period over which you've got to do it sounded way more painful than just getting in, getting it done, <laughs> yeah. biting yeah. the bullet and getting out and doing the stuff that you're looking forward to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So, so you, you come back, you set up. Is it What sort of services you're offering then? What, what you're offering to businesses? Yeah, well, uh, the standard things that accountants do. So your corporation tax return for the businesses, uh, preparing and lodging your accounts with Companies House, um, looking after any VAT uh, returns that you need to do, CIS returns if you're in the construction industry, uh, bookkeeping, payroll, um, the main, and also um, sort of monthly management accounts is the the biggest service that I've been doing at the moment. And and what that looks like is, is actually working with the business owners to um you know achieve their goals understand what they actually want from the business where they're taking it um are they planning to grow it in the next couple of years are they planning to wind down and you know liquidate the company and go into retirement are they planning to sell it it's um it's a personal question really on where people are taking the business but um if i'm working with them on a monthly basis we can you know we can get to that point so yeah. One of the things that I like to say is, is know where you're going, you know, yeah. um, have a target to, to go towards. So, yeah. And, and do you think maybe because you've come from an environment where you worked as an accountant in a business, that gives you that more of view of a business rather than just an accountant who you just you see once a year and give them a load of paperwork? Is that Yeah, I, I think so. Um, you know, when I was in uh, public practice, the, you know, the graduates who would come through and I'd, I'd train up will come straight from university straight into you know preparing accounts and tax returns and they wouldn't necessarily be able to physically see the the business behind the numbers they would just have numbers on the desk and they prepare the reports whereas sort of coming from the opposite way in the family business and seeing how not just the numbers but the effect of you know what's going on in the business what it's like when you win a sale what it's like when you lose a customer what it's like when there's no cash in the bank and you need to pay for things it's um you know seeing that you know emotional element and that you know that real life element behind the business was probably my um advantage when i went into public practice to see um you know to relate to the business owners who came in um and i think that's you know a lot of the times why you know i generally do develop really good relationships with the clients that i do have um it's because it's more of a a personal nature rather than yeah. just i'll see you yeah. when i see you to lodge your accounts and your tax term because you absolutely have to do that at the end of the year yeah, um, yeah. it's rather we work together closely um and it's more of an advisor type relationship over over the year um yeah. and we meet regularly talk regularly and um it's almost like i'm an extension to your business rather than just somebody who you know does that tax return for yeah. you at the end of the year and i think i think you get a bit more you know if you've got so you get a bit more out of you get the sort of soft facts and you know a bit more about it rather than you know as you say once a year you just you know you file the return and that's it yeah well you know, you know as, as much as it's nice to sort of build relationships and talk you know regularly to, to your clients that there is that um element of if i know what's going to happen it's a lot easier for me to do certain things yeah. particularly with tax planning and things like that 
often what will happen is someone will come and say, oh, I've bought this new fancy car or I've decided to invest in this new property. Um, and they've just gone ahead and done it in the personal yeah. name and not thought about any tax consequences or what they could have done. Whereas if they've, if I know that that's on their mind and that's coming up, I can say, actually, what's your plan here? Yeah. Why, why are you buying that? What are you doing it for? Yeah. Depending on how long the hold's in it. You know, and I suppose it's promoting that with the business up front and saying, you know, if you're going to yeah. do anything, just ring me first and, and yeah, have a chat please. and see how we do yeah. it. That's the way to do it, isn't it? Yeah, so, exactly. So then we can it, plan, you know, the structure of the way you should buy something, whether that be in your personal name or in your company name or in a trust name. Yeah. Um, it's it's important to know beforehand for for tax planning purposes. Is there a minimum size of business that warrants the need? for an accountant and by that i mean it's self-evident when you have bigger sized businesses that that, that have a are established and have a turnover and regular customers but you know like one-man bands or relatively new startup businesses at what point do you usually recommend that they need an accountant is it from day one and if it is from day one what are the benefits of them having an accountant from day one if, for example, they haven't yet got any clients or they're not turning over that much money or mm-hmm. is there elements that people can try and do it themselves? And I ask all of those questions sort of knowing the answers, but uh, to largely uh, allow you to explain from your professional expertise <laughs> as to why all of those things have a certain answer that's probably more sensible. Yeah. Well, um, it is a it's a good question, and it's hard to draw a hard and you know hard and fast line in terms of what is the point. It is good to start off with an accountant. The thing that puts people off is the fees, um, and that is understandable, um, depending on you know where they go and, and who they go to. But if you're setting up as a sole trader and just a one man band, you know you can do that registration yourself. You can, you know, then. It's about how you're recording your income and expenses and what expenses are claimable. Now, if you have a bit of common sense and you jump onto the government website and you can see the things you can claim for and can't claim for, you can do a bit of that yourself. Chances are you will miss many deductions and possibly miss you know, what things you should be putting in as income and what shouldn't and whether you should be VAT registered or not VAT registered. Uh, so it does there, there is a bit of a rabbit hole which you can go down on them well that's that's a great example because the number of mm-hmm. sole traders who don't aren't VAT registered because they don't want to have to go through that pain but ignore yeah. the fact that whenever they buy the raw materials with which they do the work they're actually paying VAT on that and so they're yeah. they're almost paying tax that they could otherwise recoup yeah, so, I mean, to sort of round off your question, if you're a sole trader and you, you're quite knowledgeable, yes, you can do it yourself, but it's always worth, like, if you spent 30 minutes with myself, you know, I'll be able to tell you what you can and can't claim for, what you should be keeping track of and how to keep track of it, whether it's, you know, dare to say it, on an Excel spreadsheet or whether it's an actual accounting software. It depends on the size of your business. Um, and if you're a limit, if you're going to go into a limited company, um I would definitely recommend an accountant setting the limited company up and I would have an accountant from the get-go. Uh, just be careful on the fees that people are going to charge for you. Um, there's a lot of information out there and how I tend to work it with startups is I will give you all the information and we will pick apart the parts that you can do yourself and the things that I need to do for you just to help you out. Um, it's not about 
breaking the bank balance to get you set up and going. It's about understanding what parts you can do that's you know good for you to do so you can keep the costs down and what things that I need to do to make sure that you looked after in the instance. Um, and the very last thing on that is the decision whether to be a sole trader or a com limited company is also a bit of tax advice. So that is something that you do want to sit down with an accountant on and say, this is my plan. This is what I'm going to do. This is what I'm expecting to earn. Should I set up a company or should I not? You never want to do your own, but everyone potentially sets out thinking, oh, I can keep on top of those receipts and I'll keep <laughs> them all in a nice folder and I'll do yeah. this and I'll yeah. make that time every, and nobody ever does. No. Thirtieth of January, and it's always oh. the, it's always the job you hate most as well. So you, if you can put yeah. it off, you do put it off. But then when you put it off two weeks, it becomes twice the size of the yeah. job. So you think, well, <laughs> I'll now need to put more time aside, so I'll do it next week. But that then becomes a three-week yeah. job, and then it just yeah. escalates, doesn't it? And sometimes and then you don't do anywhere. And, well, then you're not doing what you what so. your job are, you Dave. You're, you're not yeah. building yeah. your business. It, it so. the money that you is save. One of the, um, as an owner-managed sort of business, which is the businesses that I tend to work with, the you know owner-operated and owner um, family-owned type businesses, you know they often go into business because their speciality is whatever yeah. the operational side of that business is. So, uh, for instance, use your business as an example, Mark. You went into marketing and designing branding and websites and things like that because you are really great at branding and websites oh my god what an amazing plug gary i'll send that fiver in the post <laughs> but you may not be great at accounting uh, well also... do you know what i i just hate it there's no yeah. whether i'm good or not i, I can actually I'm, I'm not half bad at doing it i just would sooner put my head in a boiling yeah, vat yeah. of oil <laughs> Well, oh, I can see what you think of me now. <laughs> no, no, no. I love, I love accountants because it means I don't have to do those jobs. Yeah. There's jobs you like and jobs you don't like, and exactly. it, and that's it. Beggars yeah. believe why you enjoy those jobs, but I'm glad that you're wired differently to me because I don't have to do those <laughs> yeah. jobs. Yeah, and I think that's it's not a question of you know accountant or marketing. It's a question of outsourcing so what parts of your business do you need to outsource that you don't have the skills within the business to do so if you don't have any accounting background or any marketing background it makes sense for you to go out and employ a marketer or an accountant to do that job for you whether that's on a part-time basis on a contract basis or on a yearly basis whatever it is it's yeah. make sure that job is done and if you haven't got the skills in-house get it done outside yeah. of you know, it's so. it's also a cost analysis, I guess. You, exactly. you weigh yeah. up if if you're spending five hours doing your bookkeeping every month. You, if you ca calculate what your hourly rate is and how much work you could get, billable work yeah. you could do, or how much exactly. business development you could do, as against what you could pay for someone else to do those. Not even five hours, because I suspect if it takes me five hours, it probably take you one hour. Um, and so paying you for an hour means I've got five hours now to go and make some wonga doing the stuff yeah. I'm best at. And it's yeah, also, and Gary, like you said before, you know, the pitfalls of doing getting it wrong, the the potential cost of getting it wrong is not just, you know, on your business, it's cash, isn't it? You've got to pay the revenue cash if you if exactly. you get something wrong, if you make a mistake or you fall foul of the rules. So um, it's like anything, you've got to get it right. Yeah, and I mean, that's a really, really good point, to be honest, Dave. One of the examples springs to mind straight away was um, – about two years ago, um, I was engaged to sell a business, and the they had used a um, 
sort of a small accounting practice at the time um and they had used them because they wanted to keep the cost down and they said we're not paying more than what we needed to and that's what they got they got each year they got their accounts done and they seen their accountant for about half an hour and then six years later the business had grew rapidly and they wanted to sell and they ended up spending um a lot of money with ourselves, um which we estimated about you know they probably three times as much as they'd already paid um whereas if they'd have been with someone like myself over that six-year period it wouldn't have been anywhere near the cost that it mm. um it ended up being to do the due diligence and get the accounts right before the sale so um it is a cost benefit analysis and to go back to mark's point on the bookkeeping bookkeeping is 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 quite cheap these days relative to what the business owners value is and people often do not um value their time in the way that mark was saying mm. um you know your time as a business owner is valuable yes so if you are doing a you know a bookkeeping type role for say one day of your week you know you're you're essentially losing money if your um if your value of your time per hour is more than that of a bookkeeper which more often than not it will be so come on, Gary. Give us some tips for the businesses out there listening in. Tell them, tell us what's the best things they can do. Give us, give us. Have you got three? Uh, yes, I'll, I'll go with three. I actually wrote three. <laughs> you down. go, you can go with more if you yeah, want. Yeah. If you're feeling brave, Gary, <laughs> I'm, I'm sure when we're talking about the most common problems you come across with businesses, it probably stretched longer than three. Yes, it would. <laughs> um, I, I've, I've tried to be quite general as well on these these tips because. Um, it's hard to give someone a tip when um, obviously you don't know what industry uh, they're in and, and what they're looking for. But um, a generic one, which I had as number three, but I'm going to start off with as number one, um, is spend less than you earn and know where you're going. Uh, so important to know exactly where you want to go. You know, if you're earning a steady income and that's what you're happy with, stay with that steady income because that's what makes you happy. If you're looking to grow the business by times 10 over the next five years, go with it but know that that decision changes how you spend your money in the background. Um, and the spend less than you earn is is quite self-evident. Um, be very careful about your cash balance in the business. Well, um, you, say, you say that, Gary, but I guess that comes down to monitoring the figures, doesn't it? Running the reports. People might not have any understanding of what their monthly outgoings are to know that they're actually overspending. Yes, yep. Um, that is often the case when I start to work with people that um, they'll have, you know, a P&L and they'll say, you know, this is what profit I earned this year. Um, and I'll say, okay, where's the, um, you know, and then they ask, where's the cash? And I'm like, you know, profit doesn't equal cash. It, it is probably what a lot of people have already heard, but um, they don't monitor the cash position on a, on a monthly basis, uh, which is, is so important to, to do. Um I think that the second tip, which kind of goes hand in hand with that, is know your numbers and have good monthly processes for bookkeeping and, and recording transactions. So I can give you great advice if I've got the numbers and data in front of me. If I don't have that good data in front of me, it's very hard to make good business decisions. So um, having a good you know, monthly process for recording all your transactions, recording um, what's going on in the business and recording good data. Good data in equals, you know, good advice out basically. Um, so know your numbers and have good processes and use up-to-date technology to do it as well. Like there's some fantastic softwares out there now 
you know, Receipt Bank, HubDoc, Zero um, are ones that I use a lot um, to record, you know, data with. And, you know, the artificial intelligence within them softwares now is unbelievable. You'd be so surprised at how many hours you've, you can now cut down bookkeeping uh, from today versus five and 10 years ago. It's just incredible how, how far them softwares has come along. So it's about yeah. working harder, not uh, working smarter, not harder. harder. That's harder. the one yeah, you can work. Harder. You can work harder than smarter. That's probably me. Yeah. Uh, We've but, been trying that for about 10 years. Yeah. Now. We recommend the other option. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That is uh, that's a good one. And the last tip I had was, um, you know, build, build a, a good team of, of trusted advisors around you. Um, being a business owner is often, you know, they say it's quite lonely at the top. Um, I think that statement comes from, um, you know, business owners when they've got staff, they some they generally can't talk about some of the other things in the business with staff for obvious reasons. Um, so you need a good team around you of external advisors, whether that's accountants like myself, um, some good lawyers, good HR advisors, and good marketers. Um, any skills that you don't have within that business, you need outside. Um, counsel from so um and and you don't ne- you don't necessarily need to have all of those can you no. if you get a no. good for example a good accountant a good accountant like yourself will quite often have contacts who fill some of those other areas Absolutely. by default yeah. and i think that's something that's really important when i f- set up my first business um the accountant i was given was recommended through someone uh, like through a friend of my other halves and they were woeful. I mean, after eight months, I had to spend the best part of three grand to undo and redo all of the work that had already been billed for them to yeah. do in the first time round. Um, it was just absolutely mental. Now, had I have had a better network when I first went into business, I could have avoided that straight off because I could have got yeah. a good accountant or a, I might have had a good insurance broker who knew a good account i didn't have any of those contacts i was quite literally fumbling around it was almost like this this shows my age dave you flick the yellow pages stick a thing you know stick a pin in it and that's the person you're gonna use well i think we're we're, we're putting a a very plug in there for having a good old network i don't i wonder where there's one of those i was gonna i was gonna suggest that actually dave one of the um how did how did that crop crop up honestly (laughs) isn't the one out there called new gen i think there's one there with with all those services involved yeah i uh what i was actually gonna say about new gen was that new gen has actually been really uh fantastic for me in the setting up of the business um obviously i've got you mark doing my branding and um website which is not yet complete so if anyone sees the website before the end of this podcast, still looks sexy we're getting there aren't we give us an extra all right yeah 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 (laughs) um another i mean i guess this is probably a a, a more of a plug for my business but um that concept of knowing you know that you have good people around you um is is one that i've probably taken from the first business i worked for which was william buck which i mentioned before now they used to have wealth advisors mortgage brokers tax planners business advisors uh, and insurance as well um i've actually set up you know arrangements and you know referral agreements and partnerships with other businesses um for mortgage broking for insurances for the business and also for um financial advisors and ifas and things like that uh, because it's so important not just to think about the tax consequency business but make sure you're protected legally with insurance 
and you know all of the compliance type activities are uh, the boxes checked off that you're that you're safe on so that you can carry on and do the operational side of your business and and go ahead with it um but to get them you know trusted advisors is obviously part of a network that uh that it comes from so yeah a good good uh good accountant should have all of them <laughs> and of course you do i do i do <laughs> <laughs> dave have you got any more questions for gary uh, uh, yeah just one last question gary um what's the most common problems you come across with with any size of business what, what what's the most common problem bean bags full of receipts <laughs> yeah i don't like receipts i'm, I'm not gonna lie <laughs> you need to keep them but uh there's better ways of doing it uh common problems number one uh would be cash flow and number two would be uh people so um you know making sure you know your you know your numbers know, know what cash you've got coming in what's going out and knowing where you're at you, you you don't want to be in a position where obviously you're in the negative. Um, so cash is king. That cash, is the thing, yeah. isn't it? Cash is king. Yeah. I think we've all learned that this year as well. A lot yeah, more. Particularly cash cash flow is, is king. I, I like to say cash flow uh, mm. rather than just cash. Um, but, you know, this is general advice because sometimes, you know, there, there might be a, you know, a startup business that's actually borrowed money to, to get going or they've had a, you know, investment from elsewhere. So that, you know, the start of their business, maybe that first year they are on the negative because they're investing in the uh, research and developing. But at some point in the next stage of business, you have to get that return back. And that's that's the bit that um, people don't, you know, focus on the most at times. So it's important that um, one, you are cash flow positive and two, you're keeping track of it so you can pay your bills on time and, and also make sure that you actually receive the money that you've invoiced out. Um, the amount of businesses that don't get paid <laughs> from bad debts is is phenomenal and they forget about it as well which is which is crazy that's that's why it's helpful having been a former lawyer i, I have yeah. my abilities to to squeeze the right people at the right times if there's any the right any, any such yeah. nonsense going around then people people tend to pay up when i when i start to go all lawyery yeah i think um the second second thing i mentioned there was people issues and and um leading and managing people so uh, that's a that's a whole skill in itself which um I often say that you know a business is constrained by the owner of that business so the better leader that person can be the better they can be in their you know technical excellence of what they do um the more chance they've got at being successful so um a good hr advisor is is imperative and learning how to learning how to lead people and um get the best out of people and make it enjoyable as well you know uh, we do this for for fun as well as for money um i do anyway so um yeah. <laughs> i'm sorry i i couldn't keep a straight face when you just described accountancy as fun <laughs> how can people get older gary what's the best way to get hold of you uh pick up the phone uh my number is on the website and also all details are on here uh, mobile or office number is fine and i'm also quite visible on linkedin and facebook as well um so any of them options or simply drop me an email well it will, will you can find all of gary's contact details in the show notes if you want to meet gary uh, i say in person obviously in a virtual sense uh, why not come down to the einstein hub on a tuesday night 7 30 and at seven o'clock even at seven o'clock so you can uh, have a chat with him if, if you're especially nice we can make sure that you go in a little breakout room with him and you can pick his brain to death <laughs> Yeah, that would be fantastic. And also for any of the listeners, I'm uh, more than happy to do a free introductory call and 
spend 45 minutes with yourself learn about you what you do and your business as well and see if we're see if we can help each other out and in terms of fees gary i, I presume that's all very subjective isn't it to the the businesses do you do those in lump sum fees do you spread them over the course of a year do you help them plan how, how does that all work yeah, I uh, I like to stick to fixed fees, so fixed monthly fees, uh, particularly for the um, you know the annual services of accounts, tax returns, you know they're a yearly fee, uh, but I will split them over the, um, each month of the year. Uh, for the monthly services like bookkeeping and management accounts, um, obviously it'll be a monthly fee anyway. Uh, but I'm very open and transparent on fees. Um, it will I will always give you a cost beforehand, of, uh, usually split across. Uh, on a monthly basis uh, if it's a one-off project um we, I'll tr- we will try and quote that as is um but leaving some flexibility if, if there's needed for whatever reason but um yeah mainly monthly fees and fixed fees fantastic dave you got any more questions i think that's it we're, we're, we've done all right we're for formed our... about accountancy now we are we, we we've done all right for our debut show gary yeah. Thank you very much for all your time. That's been uh, really useful, very interesting. Get in touch with him, guys. Come and visit us, and then you can meet him in person. Go and check him out on his website. uh, On What did you say, Facebook and LinkedIn you say you were on? Yeah, Facebook and LinkedIn. Website is www.bha.uk.com. Fantastic. Brilliant. All right, well, we will catch you next time, guys, uh, when we will have another member in the hot seat. Uh, They have some big shoes to fill after Gary, uh, but I'm sure they can live up to that challenge. Uh, Dave, thank you as always, my friend. Thank you, Mark. See you next time. Gary, thank you very much. We'll see you again soon too. Thanks, Bo. Thanks for having me. See you, Gary. Bye, guys. If you would like to visit one of our online or face-to-face hubs, visit newgen-networking.com and book a place. Get social at Network New Gen on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter and LinkedIn.